0: How's the sound? Hey guys, this is Rish Outfield, And I suppose this is Rish Outcast. This is kind of a unique experience because uh, I'm out at the cabin and I drove out to the lake. Uh, And it's a tradition that I've done every single time I've come out here, trying to think if I've ever missed it, and I don't think I have. I always come out to watch the sunset. And I usually take pictures, sometimes sing a song, but I just enjoy the sunset. And it got really gray uh, a little bit before I normally would come out here. And I thought, oh shoot, it's gonna rain. I don't think that there will be a sunset at all. So i better get out there and record. Oh, oh, what I was going to do is I was going to record some video of this underground spring. It's a, it's a puddle that has an underground stream feeding into it. And these bubbles will come to the top. And it's just kind of fascinating. And, I, and last week I thought, okay, I'm going to record some video of this. But it was already too dark. The sun had gone down. Uh, I had watched the sunset. So I, uh, you couldn't really record it. So I told myself, all right, before the sun sets this time, I'm going to come out here and video it, just because it seems like it would be really neat to look at as sort of a, uh, I don't know, like a relaxing, I don't know, thing that you could watch on a loop. It's hard for me to put into words. Uh, Like early last year, I went out to a waterfall and there was this area of frozen lake, or stream, and you could see the water moving underneath the very, very thin layer of ice. And I thought it was just amazing to look at. And so I I recorded it for like 10, 15 seconds. Maybe it was longer than that. But after I watched it, once I got home, I thought, oh, I wish I had recorded this for like a minute or two minutes so I could just stare at it. And that's what I was thinking with this underground, what do they call that? A spring. (laughs) Anyhow, I got out here and the wind started blowing terribly, so badly that I knew that I wouldn't be able to record any audio. It would only be the sound of the wind. And I said, you know what? I don't need any audio. It's not like there is any sound except for occasionally the bubbles breaking the surface. So I'll just go there and I'll get my video and then I will head back before the rains come. I had also gotten it in my head that I wanted to podcast, so I brought my microphone with me, and uh, I, I knew because of the wind I wouldn't be able to podcast either. But I had it, and there was no point in taking it back. So so I started walking around the lake, and I hadn't even gotten halfway before the rain started to fall. And we're up here, very, very high elevation, uh, so even though it is warm weather elsewhere it got cold the rain got cold and it started coming down and I thought oh should I turn around and run or should I try to do this thing and I couldn't decide finally I just ran to the cover of some pine trees and I'm standing underneath one right now and you can hear the wind but I don't think it's blowing do you hear that I don't think it's blowing against the microphone. So this is probably usable audio. And as I stood here, out of the rain, waiting for it to stop, I got my microphone out, and I turned it on, and I pushed record, and it recorded for about three seconds and then shut down. And I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense, because the battery's not dead. So I turned the recorder on again and tried it, and this time it didn't even record for one second before it shut down. Apparently it's a bad battery, or a dead battery, it just wasn't showing up. And I have no other batteries, I have nothing else, so I thought, shoot, now I'm just going to have to stand here, out of the rain, and not get to podcast, not get to film, nothing. But then I remembered, well, I have my phone. I could talk into my phone, and so that's what I'm doing. A couple of years back, I did an episode of the Rich Outcast called Chasing Pavements, and it was about... I had heard this Adele song, which I misquoted in the episode, that goes, uh, Should I give up, or should I just keep chasing pavements, even if it leads nowhere? And uh, I was likening her song to trying to make it as, as a, a writer, or a podcaster, or a creative person, asking myself, should I give up? Or should I keep on chasing pavements? And besides getting the lyrics wrong in that episode, which I'm sure bothers me more than it bothers you, unless you're a diehard Adele fan, what sucks is that the song isn't about that. The song is about pursuing a relationship with someone that. It's, it's not going where she wants it to go. They're not connecting. There, the, the magic isn't happening. And she's asking, should I give up? Should I head for safer shores? Should I, should I stop wasting my time on this, this man or, you know... Or a woman. Yeah, that's right. Or should I keep hoping for a miracle or for a happy ending, et cetera? Et cetera. That's what this song is about, but I can't help but interpret it the way that I interpret it. And here we are, I don't know how many years later, let's say four, five years from when I recorded that episode. And, you know, I found myself a year older and not an hour richer, as uh, one of my personal heroes, Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, once said, it, you know, it... It's a constant struggle. This idea of should I give up? Should I stop doing this? Should I quit? I uh, posted another episode of the outcast yesterday. And as I was doing so, I noticed I had lost another Patreon supporter. And I didn't go on to find out who it was or how long ago they left. Every once in a while, someone will say why. They will say, you know, I lost my job, or we just had another baby, or I fudge and hate you, and so I'm not going to support you on Patreon anymore. Good luck. And I appreciate that. I, but I I didn't go look because... Well, you understand, right? But when things like that happen, and I've been doing it long enough that I realize I'm not going to... Break out. I'm not going to go viral. I'm not et cetera, et cetera, et cetera I'm not going to make it in entertainment and Should I stop? Should I give up? Or should I keep on? You know And that's a question that I guess only I can answer, although feel free to tell me what I should do The thing is, I do have Patreon supporters And I do have people that say, hey, I would buy a collection of your stories, or, uh, you know, when are you putting out another Lara and the Witch story? I would buy that. And because I've already written these stories and continue to do so, there seems no point in giving up. It's something that I do on the side. And I am jealous of the people who podcast for a living or write for a living, act for a living... YouTube for a living but there's a heck of a lot more people out there that do it on the side and have other things that they do and I should see the glasses half full that I am able to do this stuff and as I say all the time on my blog that I have the free time to blog and to write and to exercise etc etc because most people have no time and they come home from work exhausted. And the last thing they want to do is try to be creative or try to entertain or sing a dang song or etc. etc. The wind is still blowing. The rain seems to have stopped. There's a little space up ahead where I can see blue sky among the clouds. But I think I'm going to stay here just for a couple more minutes because of the wind. So I'll continue. I... There there was an episode of The Late Show with David Letterman, and I I don't remember exactly when it aired, but if I had to bet money, I would say April of 2014. And in it, Dave does one of those things where he looks at the camera at his desk, and he just tells a story. And the audience laughs, even though it's not really funny, because Dave has a funny way of telling stories but this was not a funny story it was him he had gone fishing with his son he had a son late in life and the two of them went fishing together and while they were fishing on the weekend either Saturday or a Sunday right they saw this bird fly over and it was a very unusual looking bird and his kid said dad what is that what, what kind of bird is that and Dave didn't know But I believe they got a picture of it. And when he came into work on Monday, uh, (laughs) he gathered some of his writers, you know, whose job it was to do a top ten list, to do a monologue, to just write bits and antics and entertain five nights a week. And he said, I've got an assignment for you. Here is a picture of a bird that I took. And I need you to find out what kind of bird this was. The, so the writers went off and they, they did this for him. And by the end of the night, one of them had come back to him and said, you know, I, I made some calls and showed this picture to some colleagues. And turns out that this is an immature bald eagle. It is a, a bald eagle before they lose their hair, so to speak, before they become the animals that we recognize in the United States so prominently and Dave was just like wow thank you that's that's great I can't wait to tell my boy and uh, they did the show and he got home and his wife said how uh, how was your day and he said I found out what kind of bird it was and he was so excited and he told her and then she said "Um, who was on the the show and he said I don't remember he told this story on the air and he said when I heard myself say that to my wife I realized what time it was and that it is time to go and so a few minutes ago I called Les Moonves who was head of CBS and I told him that I am going to retire And uh, I wanted to share that with you and give you the reason. The thing is, I cared so much more about this bird and telling my son about it than I did about the show, and that means that I, I need to be done and let somebody else come in who can give the show what it deserves. Um, and of course I'm paraphrasing, I, I, I may have missed almost every single detail, except for I'm sure that it was April 2014, because he went off the air uh, May 2015. So it was still a whole year before he retired. Well, he still had a year left in his contract with CBS, and maybe that, that's what it was. If you are saying, oh shoot, he invoked the Adele song... And now he's telling this seemingly pointless David Letterman story. I can see where this is going. Well, you're both correct and incorrect at the same time. I'm not making an announcement that I'm going to stop podcasting or writing or trying to be a creative person. But the question was raised of should I give up or should I keep on? Chasing pavements, even if they lead nowhere, even if it leads nowhere. I see. I think I misquoted it just like I did those years before. But you know what? <laughs> it's ingrained in my head the wrong way, and that's life. So, I haven't talked to Big Anklevich in. A few, well, I guess I talked to him a couple of days ago. It seems like every time that I call him, something interrupts. He gets interrupted. He's got kids. Uh, He's at a store, and the cashier says, That'll be 840T. And I'll be like, wow, do people really talk like that there? And I called him, and I was going to ask his advice on this story that I'm writing. It's the Lara and the Witch. It's a novel. I know it's a novel, because... Uh, I'm just barely getting into it, to the meat and potatoes of the story. And I've probably got over 10,000 words in. Which is usually most of a uh, Lara and the Witch story. But I, I, I feel like because I keep writing every single day... And we're over 500 days in a row now, kids. So that's a long time. Because I keep writing every single day... I have to scramble for new material and start a new story as soon as I've finished the last one, or as soon as I've abandoned the last one. Some things never change. And because of that, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I feel like I'm saying redundant things. This is the third Laura Deming story I've written this year, and I wrote one in December of 2020. And that's astounding to me, but I want them all to feel a little bit different. I want them all to be not interchangeable, whatever the opposite of interchangeable is, unique. And I learned new things about Laura Deming with each of these stories because she is a different age. The one that I wrote in December, I think she's in 8th grade. And then I wrote a Valentine's Day one, which I think is ninth grade, uh, last year I wrote one where she's 17. That's the bundling made easy one that I, I you know, I, I think worked pretty well. There's one where she's a sophomore in high school. And then this one that I just started, she's a senior in high school. And, and because I've jumped all over in her age, I don't know what's going on with her. I don't know what classes she takes, or what things that she enjoys, or what her friends' names are, or, you know, even if if she has a boyfriend, if she is popular, if she dates, if she goes to parties, if she plays any sports, what her favorite classes are. And these are things that a better writer, I think, would sit down And would just make a big list of characteristics and attributes and things that she likes, things that she hates, songs that she likes, bands that she likes, things that she's afraid of, things that she dreams about. Even if you're not going to use them in the story that you're writing right now, you have this background and you can pull from it and you never know when you might grab one of these and say, she loves Johnny Cash. And the reason for it is because uh, her grandfather loved Johnny Cash or et cetera, et cetera. I, I have no idea. It just, that, that was one that just came to me. Because I'm writing a lot of these, not from an outline, but just from the seat of my pants, I will see a plot point coming up and I, I have to get to it. I have to write it. And so... I will sometimes just take a leap of faith and say, okay, so it's going to be this because I'm writing it right now or I don't know what it's going to be, but it's three pages away. Now it's two pages away. And so I have taken it to calling Big Enklovich or texting my niece. Often I will text my niece and I will ask her questions about teenagehood. I guess my nephew is 13, but he is pretty backward. He, he, he's, he's a kid. He doesn't seem like a teenager to me. And my niece, I will, uh, I'll ask her questions like, would a 17 year old girl know who Richard Nixon is? Would a 17 year old girl know what a Wookiee is? Would a 17 year old girl have any idea who Parliament Funkadelic is? Sorry, that's not an example, but I'd like to fit Parliament Funkadelic into the book somewhere pick it up in 2024 when i finally publish it and and look and see if there's a parliament funkadelic reference my niece will help me with some of that Uh, but most of the time i will just have big help me because he is well he's a writer and he's he's really good for um bouncing ideas off of so i called him And I was saying, okay, so Lara is in a new school in this book, and she runs into somebody that she knows that goes to this new school. And so my question for Big is, how would you know somebody that goes to another high school And I knew what he would say. I knew he would be like, well, you know, you play against them when you play a football game or a volleyball game or a basketball game or a soccer game or a baseball game or a, you know, hey, sports. You could have just said sports. Thanks, big. I knew that that was what he was going to say. And so I had the card in my pocket of, well, I don't think Laura plays sports. But we talked for about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and then his phone rang. Because he was in his edit bay at work. He was working. He said he had about five minutes to talk. And I thought, well, that's all I need is five minutes. And so that's fine. But 30 seconds in, the phone rang and somebody was asking him about, you know, whether a video feed had come in. Well, they ask various questions and sometimes he will just talk to them and I can hear their conversation. But other times, like in this case, he said, hey, I gotta go. And that was it. He hung up and we had talked for, a, you know, less than a minute. And I didn't get my question answered. And so I just decided, okay, this boy that she knows used to go to her school and then the parents moved. And that's it. It's, it's not exciting, but it's plausible. That could happen. And so... I decided on my own. But he and I talk about our creative lives, our creative dreams, a lot of times. And last year was really, really monumental for him. He worked harder and longer than he ever has before. He finished his book, Sunny and Gray. He finished his book, The Gauntlet. I almost want to say he finished the sequel to Sunny and Gray because it was going to be Sunny and Gray, like, colon, Sunny. Sunny and Gray, colon, Gray. Those were the, going to be the two volumes of his book. I, I, I think I'm as sure as I was about the date for Letterman's Eagle story. I think he wrote those three last year, which is astounding. He wrote over 300,000 words. And uh, accomplished this goal that he set for himself, which is wonderful. It's great. You, I'm sure, have set goals and achieved them. And, hey, no criticism intended. I know you have set goals and not achieved them. Because we all do. We all fall short. Everyone betrays. Everyone loses heart. I don't want to lose heart. I want to believe. Like Wallace believes. I scared away any deer that may have been curious about, who is this guy talking under the pine tree? We talk a lot about these things and these goals that we have. And Big reached this point, this um, summit of the 300,000. It was more than 300,000 words, but the goal, I believe, had been 300,000. And then he stopped writing. Because he deserved it. He deserved a break. He deserved a chance to relax. Then a weird thing happened. He didn't want to write anymore. He didn't feel like picking it up again. He didn't feel like doing it every single day over and over again. Again. And I ask him how that makes him feel. And he says, you know, it kind of makes me feel like a piece of crap but i kind of don't care it was one of these conversations where he was saying we need to put the doonstief to bed the time has come for you to run that final episode and i didn't argue with him because i've i've heard him time and time again tell me how he feels and 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 how what his fears are or what his regrets are he seems fairly open and honest with me. And so, I, yeah, I just take at face value whatever he says. Uh, we haven't run the final episode of The Doonstief yet, and we had had this idea of running my story, a short story called Know When to Walk Away, Know When to Run, because I wanted Big to record it with me. I just thought it would be fun. One of those days last year... When I was writing every single day, I got that story out, and I decided to go over it again, to do another draft. Despite what Dean Wesley Smith says not to do, I I was never satisfied with that story. I liked the idea so much, and I never felt like the story was as good as it could have been. And so I did another pass, and I got it in my head that Big and I could sit down together, even though, you know, we're a thousand miles apart, and... Record it and it would be the same story that I ran on The Outcast, but better. And Big said, That sounds like a great idea for our last episode. And I said, But it's no, no, no. I, I mean, there's nothing final about that story. It's just, it, it's a very slight story. Why would you want to run that on our last episode? And Big said, Because you have to know when to walk away. It was so poetic that I couldn't argue about that. It was something he had been thinking about, and, and I had enabled him to put into words, well, we never did it. And I had this idea for a That Gets My Goat that I wanted us to do really recently, and we didn't do it. Even for me, there are only so many hours in the day And this morning, I woke up well before my alarm went off, and there was a moment where I said to myself, if I got up right now, I would have an extra hour and 15 minutes or something like that in my day, and I could get my work done, I could get down to the cabin early, and once I'm in the cabin and it's just me and there's usually silence and no distractions, I could get... I get a lot more work done. And uh, I thought, well, I have an extra hour at the cabin. And I got up and I went to the bathroom. And then I went back to bed until my alarm went off. In fact, when my alarm went off, I considered hitting snooze. I didn't do it. But if it makes you disrespect me more... I hit snooze. I hit snooze eight, 80 times. We all fall short. We all have a certain amount of potential that we don't achieve. And as I was saying, the hours in the day are limited for me as well as for you. There's only so much that you can do. I also talk to Marshall Latham from time to time. You mean to Marshall? Okay, not time to time. I, quite a bit. He and I have spent a lot of phone time together uh, over the past year. He's got a good personality for getting things done. I don't know if he is in a position of authority at his job, but he seems as though he is, and that he uses what he has learned in that position of authority to get me to podcast with him. For example, he will say something like, Can we get together to podcast either Monday night or Wednesday night? Instead of what I would say, which is, Hey, we ought to podcast sometime. How does Friday night at 10 p.m. sound to you? This is the kind of thing that Marshall does, and it is really good. It is a way of handling somebody, of getting a commitment out of somebody. Uh, We've done a surprising number of podcast episodes together, and he will record, uh, sorry, he will edit the movie ones, and I will edit the Star Wars ones. It's a a good relationship, and I know that he struggles with his Patreon as well, and with his writing and his podcast he's got the journey into, which eats up a lot of his time, and I have to wonder how often does the guy say, should I keep chasing pavements? (laughs) Sorry, that's not funny. But I'm laughing anyway. Just the idea that somebody would say that (laughs) besides me. And Adele Atkinson, I think is her name. (laughs) He's dedicated to his art to doing this, and he doesn't achieve all of his goals every month, but he works toward them. And that might be more important than achieving all of your goals. The the attempt, the journey is more important than the destination. If I can put out more episodes like this, (laughs) where I'm sheltered from the rain, which has stopped, by the way, I can put out more episodes. And I always wonder, well, is this, is this just bore the hell out of people? And I know that there are a couple of people for whom it, it is boring. And I, 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 I won't apologize for that. It's just not realistic to be able to do a story episode every time, unless I was doing like a quarterly podcast. Every three months you get another Rish Outcast, and, and, you know, they could all be fairly long. There have been times when I've tried to do it weekly, times when I've tried to do it bi-weekly. It certainly has to be at least monthly. And it's just not doable to produce a story in audio, edit that story, then produce an episode around that story, edit that episode, and get it out in a timely fashion. I that's fine. I think most of you understand that or you wouldn't be listening. I hope that you get something out of every episode, whether it's a chuckle or something more profound. This is not an episode of me announcing my retirement. But I'm going to have to stop with the blogging every single day and the writing every single day soon. I I recognize that. However, it's not going to be today. And I'm going to do my best for it not to be tomorrow, either. And I feel like that's a pretty good attitude, for me anyway. Thank you for listening. Thanks for shivering here with me and the cold the wind, and the rain. I have been rich Outfield, and take care. Watch this? Creative Commons license? Is that still a thing? It, is podcasting still a thing? Are, Are you, you still a thing? You? Touché, little pillock. The Rish Outcast is presented under a Creative Commons non-commercial, no derivatives license. It is free to download, listen to, and share, but is not to be altered, sold, or made claims upon, except by the poor, daft original creator, sitting alone on his bed, holding his knees with his arms like a sodding fetus. (laughs) I've always found the word fetus amusing, especially when spelled correctly. F-E-T-U-S? No, you philistine. F-O-E-T-U-S. That's, that's just, just gross, gross, Fake Sean. I'll take that as a compliment coming from you. By the way, there is a Patreon support account attached to this show where you can pledge as little as a dollar an episode to keep it going. You'll get bonus episodes, videos, and, and the occasional song by Fake Sean Connery. Where, why, that's me. There alone is reason enough to support it. On behalf of Phony Scotchman Everywhere, I thank you for listening. All right, take five. I've made up my mind. Don't need to think it over. If I'm wrong, I am right. Don't need to look no further This ain't lushed I know This is love But If I tell the world I'll never say enough Cause it was not said to you And that's exactly What I need to do If I In love With you who should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements? Even if it leads nowhere? Or would it be a waste? Even if I knew my place, should I leave it there? Should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements? even if it leads nowhere. I'd build myself up and fly around in circles, wait then as my heart drops and my back begins to tingle finally. Who Could this be it or Should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements Even if it leads nowhere Or would it be a waste even if I knew my place Should I leave it there Should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavements even if it leads <laughs> nowhere Should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavement, Even if it leads nowhere Or would it be a waste Even if I knew my place Should I leave it there should I give up or should I just keep on chasing pavements? Should I just keep on chasing pavements? Or should I
1: give
0: up or should I just keep chasing pavements? Even if it leaves nowhere. Or would it be a waste even if I knew my place? Should I leave it there? Should I give up or should I just keep chasing sidewalks? Even if it bleeds nowhere. I think I'm gonna walk now. I hope that the wind isn't deafening. What I'm going to do is cup my phone with my hand. I think it would be easier if... Oh, wow, Now that... (laughs) Not only is it blowing really hard, it's cold too. Yeah, tomorrow will be the day that I go take video of the underground spring. So I'm back here under the tree again. Oh, would it be a waste, even if I knew my place, should I leave it there? I, I, what do you need? I heard that song you were doing. I heard it. Yeah, um, I was recording it, sorry. I just heard it. You heard it? Okay. Yeah, I heard it out the story in the blue, So I